Welcome to Indiana EdCast. I'm Tom Mellish, Executive Director for the Indiana Retired Teachers Association, the association that advocates for all Indiana retired educators. If you have any questions about today's podcast or anything about the legislature, please email me at tmellish at retiredteachers.org with your questions, and we'll find out the answer for you. Joined once again by Chief Lobbyist Steve Beebe from Beebe Shear and Associates. We welcome Steve and look forward to his thoughts on past couple of weeks' action and the end of the session. And we got a couple things to talk about. I, I think we do have a couple things to uh, to talk about. I am glad that the session, um, you know, has ended. Um, I, you know, Tom kind of compared it to, you know, the end of the school year. You're, you know, you're ready for it to end and you're excited about it. Uh, but when it happens, you're kind of at a loss for a day or two because you're not sure what you're supposed to do. So, you know, that's kind of where, you know, where I am today. Uh, not that I ever overly prepared for any of these podcasts, but, uh, you know, session didn't end till last night and I may be less prepared than normal today. Well, our last one, we were just found out our uh, 13th check had uh, been yanked out of the appropriation, Senate Appropriations Committee and um, gave us a little bit of a start and um, surprise. So uh, since then, a lot of work. Uh, we wanted to especially men, uh, mention our members who have stepped up and emailed your senators and your representatives and governor and um, really pulled it together, made it um happened for us uh, down here. Uh, we did a lot of legwork with you guys by just letting them know and they, they listen to their constituents and get worried if they get too many constituents that are against something that uh, can definitely change them. And um, we knew the House was pretty supportive, but it's still good for them to hear, especially when you get in the conference committee and they get in their caucuses and not argue on that. But uh, I really feel the members, by the responses I've received and uh, feedback, through email and that, that uh, really stepped it up and um, answered the call. We really appreciate that. Yeah, I had a uh, kind of a short conversation with uh, Representative Chuck Mosley yesterday. Uh, you know, again, he's a House member where we have, you know, really strong support throughout, uh, Democrat and Republican. I, I really can't say enough about the support we have uh, in the House. But, you know, he just stopped and said, you know, hey, congratulations on that 13th check. I'm glad you got it back in there. And I said, well, thank you for all your support. I know you've been a longtime supporter. And he said, he said, no, it was your guys that that did it and all the contacts, you know, that they made. So, you know, it makes me feel good and, you know, just confirms, you know, what I believe that, uh, you know, those constituent contacts make such a difference, you know, on an issue like this. Yes, it does. Um, and as I was saying, thanks to some of them and um, on the Senate side, the Republicans that st- stepped up against the caucus, and which says a lot about them that they thought they it was a strong enough and they feel that strongly to support us that they'll go against the, the caucus on the, uh, when they voted, they, or uh, Senator Gotsky entered the um, amendment into the floor on the floor for the budget to put back the 13 check and uh, had nine senators step across the line and say they would vote in favor of it also along with them Dem said a lot we made sure we've thanked them and we'll continue to do that but we've listed them on the 
letters that we sent out and we'll do a legislative wrap up here on some of the other bills and things that I really don't know if they've passed or not or had a chance to look through. <laughs> I got so wrapped up in the 13 check here in the last uh, two weeks, uh, didn't follow the other ones that were coming out. But um, yeah, that um, just knowing the constituents and the people and had a few people think it wouldn't make a difference, but it, it does. It's amazing what the when people start talking to them, showing up, emailing, calling, they they take note of that. And you know, we we weren't in this completely alone. I know the uh, retired public employees, you know, were involved in you know in this as well. Um, you know, but I honestly think it was retired teachers that you know pushed that issue across the line. Uh, I don't think if if we weren't involved. I don't think it would have happened. Uh, I'm glad we had their help and had their support. Um, you know, but I, I think, and we even had another lobbyist tell us, you know, we're the ones that drive this. And, uh, you know, it, you know, it feels good at the end of the day when you, you have a success like this, you know, particularly, you know, going into the session, uh, you know, we had, we had talked to enough legislators and, and others, um, we thought we had the support of the governor's office. Um, we knew we had the support of the house. We saw that when it was uh, in their version, you know, of the budget. And you know, we we knew that the you know the challenge would come in the Senate. But I didn't think the challenge would be as great uh, as it was. Uh, I think we've learned some things. Uh, in the last couple of years, you know, we always kind of thought that this 13th check issue um, was the issue of Senator Kenley. You know, well, Senator Kenley is gone and the issue, uh, you know, remains strong within the caucus. Uh, I think there are a couple of vocal opponents uh, as well as the Senate Republican fiscal analyst, uh, you know, is not a fan of the you know, the 13th check. Uh, so, uh, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a tough fight the last couple of weeks. Uh, we spent a lot of time, you know, talking to the legislators and, you know, I'm going to say again, you know, thank you to all those that, you know, took the time to send the emails or make a call, um, uh, because that was the difference. And what was, I think disappointing to me was we were flying through even in the, as we were making contacts with the freshman senators and leadership in the caucus and the appropriations committee. We never got said no, never even made a hint that it was in question or wouldn't be included in there. And um, even when we were talking about the increase, depending on the budget forecast, no one said no or laughed at us or anything. They just sort of strung us along and then all of a sudden, that hearing was on Thursday morning, and you texted me uh, Wednesday night saying you had picked up that uh, we weren't included in the budget. And that's uh, when panics <laughs> started coming through, partly because it's all new leadership on the Senate side. Not that they've not done this before, but it was like you just weren't sure, and I felt very um, uneasy and uncomfortable that we'd um, be able to pull it through because there was also a new leadership on the House side um, in a little bit. And, even though he told us it'd be in and they were going to push for it, you just 
never know. Um, yeah, there are no guarantees, and you never know, and you know until the until the very end. And you you did make an interesting point just now. Um, we only talked to one senator that gave us any pushback on the issue, and you know he'd given us pushback before, so you know we you know we kind of knew what to expect. You know, but we talked to members of the committee, we talked to leadership, we talked to the freshmen, and, you know, everybody was so supportive. Uh, and even when we talked to, you know, Senator Mishler about it, you know, he just said, be sure to talk to the committee, which we did. Um, so, yeah, it was a, you know, it was a little bit of a surprise to learn that, it, you know, it wasn't going to be in there. Uh, you know, when we learned that, we we immediately spent time on the House side, uh, you know, gauging our support. We, uh, you know, talked to our friends. We were assured that they were going to fight to uh, put it back in. Uh, I had uh, an ex-legislator friend uh, who was also a tired teacher, member of the association, you know, he called me and said, hey, I talked to a couple of caucus members and they have they have voted as a caucus that they're going to hang tough uh, for that 13 check. So, you know, with, with that, I felt, you know, I felt good that the House was really going to fight for us. Uh, you know, but if the Senate's pushing back, you just you never you never know how it's it's going to end. But, you know, we did have. I, you know, I know we had out of that Senate caucus of 40 Republicans, you know, we probably had at least 20, maybe more that were supportive. I think they had a vocal minority, but that still worries me uh, that they had several with that, uh, you know, that attitude. I think um, a couple of items that helped this one, obviously, our membership calling, but um, We've had this either a COLA or a 13 check for 36 years, so almost everyone that's receiving it now, that's all they've known is getting this in September, whatever they used to receive it. Uh, it's been September recently, but it's like that would be a cut in benefits at this point in time because everybody's counting on it. They've had it, even though it's not always, it's not a guarantee out there, so I think that was one good argument that we had going with us uh, on it and it was the last year of the general that it will be a general or last two years it will be a general fund expenditure because the Sarah uh, supplemental reserve accounts are set up and we'll start um, making the decisions on colas or 13 checks coming out of that uh, fund that's already having money put into it through the lottery so um, using those arguments even though but the Senate sort of seemed satisfied with just putting the money in the K-12 so that's why and with that being such a big issue and prevalent and knowing DCS was getting a huge um, a lot of the new money um, that this was just didn't know how it was going to fall so that's why we oh, then there you know there was also the issue that uh, you know we had talked about this Tom and I talked about this and you know we know it's an issue uh, you know the legislature you know, put almost 900 million 
you know, the pension stabilization fund. You know, and that's money that that goes to the pre ninety six retired teachers, and that's how they look at it. So when we're already getting nine hundred million almost, you know, there are those that that think, you know, why should we give them another, you know, twenty one million? And you know, there's the other sentiment that I, I picked up from a couple conversations that that concerns me a little bit is I think I think there are those senators that believe that that Senate Bill three seventy three uh, supplemental appropriation reserve account has solved the problem. Well, it, it's it's a it's a good first step at at addressing the problem. But for it really to work like we thought it was going to work when it was uh, introduced, we got to find a little more money, you know, to go into that, you know, that account. And I think that's going to be our, that's clearly going to be our next battle. And uh, we'll start that in a couple months in June so we can get it up in the Pension Management Oversight Committee summer studies things because we've got to incubate ideas. Nothing happens overnight with these guys, uh, especially if you're trying to find more funding and things. So some ideas in that, but we'll work with Senator Walker and um, other leadership that um, we need to to see because we told them going in, we supported the concept in that, but we thought there needs to be more funding in that and they didn't disagree, but they, it was one of those problems that's a couple years off, so we're not going to think about it at this point. So, but we've got to, Keep it up there in in front of them. We can't wait till 2021 and say, by the way, need yeah. more funding on that. Um, we've danced around a little bit, but the pension stabilization fund too. That was another thing that we uh, mentioned out with our letters saying, uh, leave that alone. Don't take the money out of it. Uh, you mentioned an almost 900 million this year. Next year will be over 900 million going into it. But there was. Senate wanted to take 150 million this year and next year out of the uh, PSF Pension Stabilization Fund to fund uh, post 96, so that school corporations could drop two percent, which would help active teachers in that, which was fine. We didn't. The governor's original proposal said use the budget surplus money that he's had, which to the tune of 300 million, 150 one year and 150 the next. And it would do the same thing for the school corporation. We supported that idea and thought it was creative on that. But then when they started coming into the robbing us pre-96 fund for the post-96 that we already have this unfunded liability, it's just going to extend it out further and I think cause more financial hardship. So we were able to do that. The House also didn't like that and we're glad that we were behind their thoughts on that too. So I don't think it's... It may be coming out of the surplus, but it's a general fund expenditure, so it's not messing with the pension stabilization fund. As far as I know, this year, the $893 million that they're putting in there is going in for, the, for us on that. Um, can't speak to the second year of the budget if they won't take a little bit out, possibly even to support the 13 check, but that's a very small amount compared to $150 million Right. Well, and you know, it was it was bad enough that that they were thinking about taking it out of the uh, the PSF. But I 
I was more concerned about the precedent, you know, that it set and the fact that it makes it easier next budget cycle to take more out and the budget cycle after that, you know, to take, you know, more out. And, uh, you know, I, I, I am glad that, again, the House, um, you know, supported, um, you know, keeping that money in the, you know, pension stabilization fund. And, you know, it's interesting, the Senate, and, you know, going back to, you know, Luke Kenley, you know, had always said, you know, our number one priority is protecting our obligation, you know, to the current pensioners. We have to make sure we've got enough money to meet that obligation. But all of a sudden, now they're backing away from that a little bit uh, by being willing to take pretty big chunks, you know, out of the, you know, the PSF. And that was one of the things I learned this session. And, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to have to stay on top of that. Uh, you know, it, it won't be the last time that issue comes up, I'm sure. Yeah, there was a couple other ideas floated for funding some teacher um, grants through it and some different things, and it wasn't just a one-time hit. It was a continual uh, going forward, so that would continue to extend the liability out there. So uh, I said little bits and pieces, but like you said, the press don't want to set that precedent uh, that they're using that as a bank again and uh, causing us more hardship or longer hardships down the road on that. So that was uh, good that we were able to get that stopped at least through this budget cycle at this point. So, yeah. you know, and you know, that kind of, you know, and it, it, a little bit it's secondary to the 13 check, but it's really important though. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, I feel really good that it ended like it ended. I think well, it gives us credibility too. I think that we're cognizant of the the issue and that we don't want anything to take away from what they've got set up that has an insight to it and they're going to do anything to prolong that. So I think that will keep us in good standing with power. And we've been asking, at least since I've been sitting here, that uh, any extra money that the governor has, he puts that they've saved in, through the budget process or didn't use put in a stabilization fund that hasn't happened in the last four years he's paid off some other bills or different things with it which is fine but uh, that's one thing we keep harping on that we want to save that so and he may have stepped up too we know he's got a little influence on the budget too when it gets near the end there uh, he may have said I don't want to use that uh, so not sure on that you never know quite what the governor has inputted on that it comes more out of the, the Senate and the House now I uh in talking to some of my Senate Republican friends this year, um, I, I think they were a little disappointed that they didn't have more and clearer communication with the governor's office. Um, you know, they mentioned it back when uh, Mitch Daniels was governor. You know, you knew exactly what Mitch wanted from day one of the session, and he had us people over there. Uh, you know, communicating with legislators, letting them know what they wanted. And, uh, you know, this governor just has a little bit, you know, different style. Uh, so you're exactly right. We don't exactly know what he was thinking or, or what he might have done there at the end. 
Anything else you want to discuss about the session? Or you know, no. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, we're always glad that it's over. Uh, we take a, a short, deep breath, and then we start working on, you know, the you know the next session. I, I know that, uh, you know, I have friends that, that think that. Uh, you know, you don't have to start working on the next legislative session until they go in in January. But if you wait to January to start, it's over. It's your, you know, you're too late. We've got to, you know, we've got to begin, you know, laying the groundwork. And, uh, you know, that'll start in, start in June. Uh, well, but you got to incubate those ideas or thoughts or discussions during the summer study and they'll carry over. They may not even carry over from there, but if they're not starting there, there's a good. You won't see the. You won't see the day, daylight uh, during the session at all. They'll be checked. They'll say well, we should have studied that. Or if the bill does get proposed, they'll say we'll send it to summer study, which kills it for the session, basically. So. Yeah, you know, one thing about the uh, pension management, you know, oversight committee, um, you know, they are an active committee. They do meet every summer. You know, they do make recommendations, and I think it's the one study committee, you know, where the recommendations still mean something. Uh, a lot of the other study committees, um, you know, they don't spend enough time on any any single, you know, issue. Uh, but, you know, PMOC is, is, is fairly focused, um, and, you know, if we can generate some discussion there, and if you get a recommendation from them, then you've got some momentum going into the session. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we'll get a recommendation from them, you know, this year or not. Uh, you know, we're still incubating some of these ideas. We're still developing these ideas. I'm not sure, you know, we know where we want the extra money to come from. I know Tom and I have talked about some ideas. Um, you know, but we've got to work with Senator Walker, see what his thoughts are, and, uh, you know, plant those seeds and see if we can get them to, get them to grow sometime soon. Yeah, and I will say they seemed open in this year. I mean, I, we have seen some new concepts and some thoughts coming out, so I've been excited about that, too, so for some potential, and that won't be necessarily the same old thing. And this is going to be different. We'll have these accounts. They'll be funded to a certain level, at the, no matter what, and we'll just have to look at uh, doing that. And the other part is we'll have to work with the other pension groups, too, because they have a little bit different ideas on us. We know uh, public employees leans heavily on the 13th. We would rather see a cost of living increase or the new term pension enhancements where, where they're going to that... Uh, we um, will need to work. We've even talked about a hybrid where you get your choice, either the 13th or the COLA, because if you're not getting a COLA every year or every other year, you're better off with a larger 13th check coming in than that. So just things we'll have to work with and uh, talk about and discuss with the leadership and, and see what we do, and with our membership, too. You know, it's, and it's, it'll be like so many, you know, issues that occur if there's an if there's enough money in that account, you know, then the decisions uh, and our options, you know, are more and easier. If there's not enough money, you know, that's when it gets tough. And you know, I 
uh, Tom just said, we've got the public employees who, uh, you know, strongly, you know, prefer the, you know, the 13th check. I think their their average monthly pension is probably less than uh, retired Sig- teachers, significant, and the 13th check means more, uh, you know, to a lot of them. Uh, and uh, you know, while they've been good partners in in uh, working on these issues. You know, we we may have some disagreements with them. You know, down the road, work with them, but sometimes we have to again take the lead or get something that we need or want uh, out there. So, um, one uh, bill I do know passed, which will help a few of you out there, at least seventy thousand um, Hoosiers that are over sixty-five, and that that uh, they did raise, they did pass the. Um, Assess valuation, raising that uh, level a little bit um, on there that that you can discount off your property taxes at the state level. So that will be a little help down the road on your property taxes on there. I forget the exact numbers on it or if they got changed even uh, going through the conference committee and things. But it that did pass, waiting on the governor's signature last I saw. So that's uh, a little caveat. will help a lot, but anything helps at this point. Really, the session's over, and I'll say, you know, the last two weeks, roller coaster, up and down, emotional. Um, sitting there, sometimes you wanted to punch something. Other days, you wanted to <laughs> or somebody go into the corner and cry or whatever. wasn't too many joyous, but we uh, getting through it. It was uh, it was good, and I've um, commented to my wife. I spent more time with Steve in the last two weeks than her. <laughs> Terrible was she didn't complain. <laughs> I told her that's just because she got a 13 check this year. So anyway, uh, it's been uh, fun. But I'm looking. Call. I think she she got to leave early to go to Florida too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She had enough of my moodiness, so she took off. Uh, anyway, is our one of my favorite philosophers, Yogi Berra, in it. Really true this week. It ain't over till it's over. So I'll leave you with that. And until um, this will probably be our last legislative update, we'll do one probably in the fall after we get PMOC rolling and find out what's up there on things. And hopefully I'll have some other podcasts down the road. But uh, we'll let Steve fine tune his golf game and that this summer and leave him alone so he can work on that and not tell me I'm keeping him from improving on his score. And, um, there's not enough time really to help me at this stage in my life, I'm, I'm afraid, but that doesn't stop me from working on it. So until this fall or later, we hope you have a great summer. You stay healthy and be active and uh, appreciate you tuning in. And uh, again, thanks for all your support and help um, getting the 13th check back for everybody. Thank you.